And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody. Dr. Staple, your faithful host of No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Flying solo today with our first podcast of the official 2021 season. Uh, we're, we could call it 2020-21, but it's 2021 now, so that's really the only year we care about, uh, even though it doesn't look very uniform on the, on the record sheet. Um, 2021 season is upon us. No sleep till Belmont is back uh, every week. So you, for your listening pleasure. And today we're just going to dive right into. We're in about day three of Islanders camp. Day two on the ice. There's some notable absences. There's some interesting additions. Uh, we'll get right to it. Uh, Matthew Barzal is still the big topic of conversation because he's not in camp right now. He is apparently on Long Island. Finished his quarantine. Uh, took his physical with a with the rest of the team rest of his teammates on Sunday who were doing off ice testing, but he's not on the ice that's because he doesn't have a contract. So, what is the holdup and why is this happening? Um, the holdup is hard to know about because uh, Matthew Barzell's camp has been very quiet. Lou Lamarillo, not a surprise. Islanders have been very quiet about the details. Um, good luck getting Lou Lamarillo to talk about any contract negotiation of any kind. Um, but I think, uh, logically speaking, you can kind of look at it as, um, Matthew Barzell still trying to come to terms with the fact that he is not going to get the Mitch Marner, Miko Rontanen type deal where it's five or six years, nine and a half, 10 million, uh, Marner's uh, quite a bit above 10 million. I think it's 10.8 over five years, Rontanen six, uh, six times nine two five. Um, those deals were kind of crucial to that RFA class last summer, which was a big one. It was Marner. Austin Matthews had signed a little bit early. It, Marner, who ended up missing a little bit of Leafs camp uh, before he signed. Rontanen missed a couple of days, I believe, of Avs camp. Kyle Connor, who's seven times 7.14, he went down to the wire with Winnipeg. Um, Braden Point, Patrick Line took uh, bridge deals that were much shorter and a little bit cheaper. But there were a lot of them last summer, and I think I remember even talking to Matthew Barzell during one of the informal skates before the 1920 season began back uh, last September. Oh my God, more than last September, September of 19. Time has really gotten messed up with this whole pandemic thing. But uh, before the 2019-20 season, and, and Barzell was, you know, he was fascinated by the RFA situation, I, and I'm sure because he knew his was coming up uh, this off season. And he had a good year last year. He had a good playoff. He is clearly the most talented guy on the team. So I assume he and his camp felt he needed to be paid like some of those other guys who were big name players in the league, best player or second best player on their teams. Um, and it's really the reality of the situation, not just because of the pandemic and the flat cap, but for the Islanders who are within about 3.9 million of the of the cap they have Johnny Boychuk's 6 million dollar cap hit to go over using long-term injured reserve so they have around 10 million to work with but they can't give it all to Matthew Barzo um 
So I think this delay is perhaps where the player and his agent are taking some time. Uh, and this, there's been conversations between the two sides for weeks. It's not like it's been acrimonious or there's been contact cut off. All avenues have been open. Lou is, uh, I think, for all of his secrecy, is a guy who, when he wants to get something done, he is very determined to do it. So the, the lines of the communication are always open. But I think it's when we do see a deal, and like we said, Barzal is on Long Island, so that points towards him wanting to be here. The Islanders put Barzal on their training camp roster, even though he's not on the ice. That points toward the Islanders wanting him to be here. So I think we're going to get a deal sometime this week because um, he does need some training camp time. But I think acceptance is really the maybe the key word we're looking for here. And I had said, uh, you know, when this process began in the offseason, my guess would have been three years for Barzal around seven million. If it was two years, I could see six and a quarter, maybe somewhere in the the area where Braden Point took, which I believe was three times six point seven five. That makes the most sense to me. Uh, Two years kind of makes the most sense because maybe by the time the 22-23 season rolls around, A, the Islanders will have a lot of money coming off their books. You would you would hope that the financial picture of the league uh, is a little bit clearer and more positive. So maybe the cap will start to consider going up a bit. Uh, and then there's a chance for Barzell to make uh, a bit another big splash if he can uh, just a couple years down the road. So um, I said 3.7, three times seven initially. I'm going to revise it down. I'm going to say two times six is my guess right now. Pierre-Luc Dubois from Columbus, who was the other big RFA forward, got two times five, which seemed low until we found out soon after the signing that he'd asked for a trade from Columbus and wants out of there. Um, so maybe he took a lower deal thinking that that would be more, uh, e- it might be easier for another team to fit in. So that situation is still a mess, even though he signed. Uh, the Islanders don't seem to be in that scenario right now. Um so we'll see where it ends up. It's not going to be a major deal. It's not going to be five times 10 or six times 10. It's just not something the Islanders can do right now without shuffling a lot of other salaries around. And clearly we saw from the offseason, the only move they were able to make to get some get some space or two moves, I guess, was trading Devon Taves, um, which was a tough decision to make. And then having Johnny Boychuk unofficially retire due to his eye injury, which uh, was not something that I think they necessarily foresaw when the offseason began. So. Um, Barzell's not there. They haven't really done any situational play with lines or defense pairs yet through the first two days of camp, and I don't think they're going to do that uh, on Wednesday either. Uh, Barry Trotz had said uh, after the first day that they were going to work on fundamentals for the first three days and then get into lines and pairings, so maybe that's a time we'll start to see Barzell come back and work his way in. But um, but it is, it is an interesting situation, and I think it's kind of, you know, uh, you think back to maybe because it was Toronto – but last summer when Marner was holding out and there was talk of maybe someone would would swoop in with an offer sheet late, uh, even as we approached uh, getting Artie into training camp in September of 19. But uh, he ended up signing for a big a big amount. The Leafs didn't accomplish very much, uh, obviously, in, in the playoff bubble last summer. Uh, and they're really on notice now with their, with their guys locked up, Nylander, William Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and John Tavares, for big money. They need to win. Um, and one thing that Matthew Barzell's Islanders have done is win. They didn't reach their ultimate goal. They, you know, obviously didn't make the finals and win a Stanley Cup, but they've had back-to-back seasons of, of modest success. And I think it's been 35 years uh, since the Islanders won a playoff round in consecutive seasons, which is ridiculous. But uh, that's for another 
that's for another another segment of the show. Uh, so Barzell does have a leg to stand on, I think, to 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 ask for uh, a decent size contract, but uh, but I think ultimately this is going to be short. It's going to be for a little less money than people thought, and I think if it comes in between six and seven, let's say. You know that still seems like a lot, uh, and we'll get into some of the other deals uh, in the next segment with guys like Matt Martin and Andy Green, uh, who are back uh, in the fold, even though their contracts haven't been announced yet. Um, you know, and, and we'll try our best to break down what LTIR is and and why the Islanders need to be as close to that nine point nine million dollar cushion that they have uh, when the season opens. But um, but they've got room to to maneuver here with Barzal. Six, but something between six and seven is uh, is a situation where they don't have to make any other moves. They if they feel like their team is complete right now, um, then that would do it. If it's something above that and they want to go longer, and Barzal is insisting on going longer, uh, then you run into problems, and the Islanders would have to make uh, a couple of moves, I think, to really make it work because it's not just about this season and making it work. They're going to be back in a similar situation when we get to next off season. Where they've got three more restricted free agents: Anthony Beauvillier, Adam Pellick, Ilya Sorokin, who are all going to need new deals. And if they have the same kind of success they had this past year, then those deals are all going to be pretty sizable because those guys are going to figure in it uh, pretty prominently. So um, it's a it's a balancing act for Lou Lamarillo. It's uh, maybe accepting something that he doesn't want to accept for Matthew Barzal. And here we are with him not in camp just yet. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we talked about the guy who's not there, and that's Matthew Barzal. Uh, the guys that are there in camp, they they have a training camp roster of 34 skaters and four goalies. You can have up to 36, I believe, with uh, with as many goalies as you want. Um, mentioned uh, Matt Martin um, not too long ago today, which is Tuesday. I, uh, I posted uh, a follow-up to Elliot Friedman's uh, 31 Thoughts, which is always very informative on, uh, on Sportsnet's website, where he hinted at Matt Martin's deal being a bit of a surprise. And uh, luckily for me in this scenario, uh, Elliot and I heard some similar things. Um, and it's believed Matt Martin's deal is for four years, around $1.5 million per, which the $1.5 million I don't think is very surprising to anybody. But four years is a lot of years for a 31-year-old fourth-line winger. And Matt Martin had a great playoff, five goals, which is the same number he had in the regular season. And... Uh, we're looking at a situation now where that valuable fourth line of Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck is is combining to eat up uh, around shoo, eight and a half, eight and a quarter million on the cap. Which normally eighty one point five million dollar cap, if you've managed it right, it stands out, but it's not ridiculous. Bringing back Matt Martin um, 
for four years, even though you can bury up to 1.07 million of, of anyone's cap hit in the minors if you send them down, it's a it's a big commitment. It, it is a little bit reminiscent of the Ross Johnston deal, which was from a couple of years ago, which was four years for a million per. And Ross and Matt Martin kind of duplicate efforts. Uh, they've both been in the lineup together before, but but it is an interesting uh, reward, I guess, for for Matt Martin's loyalty, not just to the Islanders, but to Lou Lamarillo, with whom he signed a four-year deal for $2.5 million per back on July 1st, 2016. Ultimately, Lou left Toronto. Matt Martin left Toronto, came back. They reunited here. And I think Lou obviously values what Matt Martin brings to the lineup. I think his teammates do too. And certainly the people of Long Island where he's one of the most popular players. Having said all that, um, Four years is a big commitment, and um, in a couple of years when Matt Martin is 33 and the style that he plays is a, is a grinding one, um, I'm curious to see how that's going to look. You know, Casey Sezikis is a, is a free agent after this season. If they can't bring him back, I think it's been said often enough, not just by observers of the Islanders, but by people around the Islanders and Barry Trotz himself, that that fourth line is is – much better than the sum of its parts, that these guys individually don't offer quite as much. And I think that's particularly true for Matt Martin. So um, I think it's a situation where, you know, he was rewarded for for good service and for being a guy who uh, is a veteran leader in the room. Perhaps if they'd been able to shed Leo Komarov's deal, um, that would, it might not look quite so, uh, so onerous the four years because Leo Komarov still has two years left. But be that as it may, it's not a deal that was just signed recently. This was done months ago. So uh, maybe at the time, Lou thought there was a way to make it fit a little bit better. Um, Andy Green is also back. Uh, no word on on what his deal is. I'm pretty sure it's not four years. You know, Andy Green is 38. Uh, he may not want to play four more years. But if it's for one year, uh, I would guess that $1.5 million uh cap hit that Matt Martin has is probably around what Andy Green got, perhaps with some bonus incentives that you can give to over 35 players that don't initially count against the cap unless they're achieved. Um, so those two guys, Corey Schneider, uh, who our Pierre Lebrun had reported way back in October, was in the fold for on one year deal for seven hundred thousand dollars, and it, you know Corey Schneider is by all accounts one of the one of the good character guys of the league. Uh, looking to resurrect his career after a few down years in Jersey and in the minors. Um, that's a cap hit that's fully variable in the AHL. Uh, whether he plays in the AHL or is on the taxi squad is another story, and we'll get into the taxi squad situation in our last segment. How, what a unique uh, experience that's going to be for the Islanders and for everybody in the league, basically having four minor leaguers traveling with the team, but isolated because they need they need to have COVID-safe situations where they can plug players in. Um, so I think Schneider is kind of ticketed to be that third goalie, uh, which is – so one year, $700,000 is perfectly reasonable. One of the other new guys that's there in camp is uh, a young guy, a young forward named Dmitro Timoshov, who the Islanders picked up uh, for future considerations, which just basically means nothing, uh, from the Red Wings in December. Timoshov is only 24. Uh, the Leafs drafted him in the fifth round in 2015 when coincidentally their general manager was Lou Lamarillo. Um he played uh, 39 games for the Leafs last season, but kind of got nosed out in their cap crunch, uh, was put on waivers. The Red Wings picked him up, played a few games at the end of that season, at the end of that season before the pandemic shut everything down. 
And Barry Trotz uh, had some nice things to say about him. He was a restricted free agent when he came over. Uh, the Islanders say he's not signed. My information is that he is signed to a one-year deal, and I'm sure as a restricted free agent, it's nothing major that uh, would get in the way of the cap. But um, you know, he's a guy who's fighting for one of these depth spots. Derek Broussard is gone. He went off to Arizona on a one-year deal for about what he got uh, on his one-year deal with the Islanders. So I think that leaves at least one, maybe two spots among the forwards up for grabs. I, I think if you're looking right now and everybody's healthy and Barzal is signed, I think you've got three lines that you're going to see that are very similar to what they had last year, which is Anders Lee, Barzal, Jordan Eberle on line one, Anthony Beauvillier, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey on line two, although really that was their best line for all of last season, and then the Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck line on line four. So that leaves Jean-Gabriel Pajot in the middle with no wings as of now. And I think a lot of that will have to do with some salary cap you know, scenarios, what uh, the Islanders can afford to have on their cap when the season starts. So will it be Leo Komarov and Michael Dalcal, who are guys who had some experience playing in that in those spots? Will it be Ross Johnston, who you know sort of seems permanently attached to that 13th forward where he subs in occasionally? Um, will they go younger? Will Kiefer Bellows and or Oliver Wallstrom figure in those winger spots? Will Dmitro Timoshev be there? Um, even Otto Koivula, who's been really been a center for the last year plus in the organization, could he get a look on the wing, which is where he got drafted and where he had some success playing in Finland uh, when he was a teenager? So really every other guy, and then I don't even want to forget uh, A.J. Greer, who they got in a minor league trade with Colorado, a guy who's played in the NHL before. And then they've got Austin Zarnick, who hasn't been on the ice yet, uh, undisclosed reasons, but was also a free agent signee this offseason. Uh, he's on a two-way deal. For this year, it's one way next season. Uh, but as a 28-year-old guy who's played center, he's played wing, he's been in the NHL, he's got over 100 games of NHL experience with Calgary and Boston, um, was a bit banged up last year, but uh, if he's healthy and he's ready to go, uh, even though he hasn't been on the ice, he's in the mix. So they have a lot of options, and I haven't even gotten to Andrew Ladd, who's been in camp, is healthy, un- not able to be put on long-term injured reserve as we, as far as we know right now. Um so there's a there's a lot of candidates for not a lot of spots, and we'll see who emerges. I would guess because of who how we know Barry Trotz likes to operate, guys like Dalcall and Komarov have a leg up on the other guys. It's a short camp; you have to impress with just a few scrimmages and doing fundamental drills and things like that. Um, and like I said, it's not even just a coach's decision. I, there's a lot of salary cap maneuvering that has to go into it, which, like I said, we'll get into in the last segment with the taxi squad and all that stuff. But, um, you know, my guess is Dalcal, Komarov, Johnston, those guys start a little bit higher than everybody else and other people have to win some spots. And on defense, Devon Taves is gone. Johnny Boychuk still around in body, but not as a player because he's unofficially retired. Noah Dobson clearly steps in. Uh, I think he and Andy Green will be the third pair this year, uh, to at least to start. Nick Letty and Scott Mayfield will be the second pair. Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock, the first pair. Barry Trotz said as much. It's a big gap between those six and the other six guys that are in camp. And I think uh, part of Elliot Friedman's report said that when the Islanders were looking to move salary to make some space maybe for a bigger Barzal deal, Thomas Hickey was one of the ones that they were considering moving. I'd heard Leo Komarov was on the, was on the trading block early in the offseason. Maybe it's Hickey now. That's someone that could possibly be moved. But the problem there is that of this other six possible defensemen that could fill depth spots or injury replacements, Thomas Hickey is the only one with any real NHL experience. 
Sebastian Ajo is there, and he's been a very good minor league player for the Islanders, and he hasn't been he hasn't played an NHL game since seventeen eighteen. Grant Hutton uh, is an older uh, rookie, twenty five now, uh, right shot guy, a big guy. Um, he's a possibility moving up the depth chart, but really the rest of the guys that are in camp: Parker Weatherspoon, Samuel Bolduc, Bodie Wild. These are guys with very little experience. Parker Weatherspoon's been around as a pro for a few years now, but not never really gotten a taste of the NHL. So they're really lacking in depth now on D, which is a strange situation to be in because they had a lot of depth not that long ago. Um, but with Taves gone, that really I think that really sets them back a bit, and you have to hope these guys stay healthy. It's a short season with a lot of games. Um, there's the COVID situation. You never you have to be adaptable and ready for things. So uh, I think trading Hickey seems like a, a gamble at this point, and they're not really gamblers, are Lou Lamoureux and Barry Trotz. So leaving that aside... Uh, it's pretty clear who the top six is on D. And then in goal, as we said, Corey Schneider sort of pops out as the third goalie, Ilya Sorokin, Semyon Varlamov are the one and the two, or 1A and 1B. It'll be very interesting to see how the Islanders proceed with those guys having Sorokin. Sorokin's basically been on Long Island on and off for the last six months um, working with Mitch Korn and Piero Greco. So I'm interested to see, as are a lot of people, what he can do uh, in North America when he gets going. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, we have a very unique 2021 season about to start, um, leaving aside all of the uh, ins and outs of what's happening with the Islanders roster and and situation with Matthew Barzal. Uh, January 14th is the opener, just uh, basically not that far away. You know, it's uh, it's going to come upon us and the season is going to go very quickly, I think. Um, and what's it going to look like, I guess? Uh you know, usually teams carry 23 guys, a maximum of 23 guys on the roster. Uh, you try to get under the $81.5 million cap. This year, you have a added wrinkle because of the COVID protocols, a four to six person taxi squad that's separate from any AHL team. Those are guys that are technically in the minors. So if you want to put someone on your taxi squad who needs waivers, you got to put them on waivers first. Um, but these are guys that are going to essentially be with the team, but I think be isolated because you want them to be separate from in different cohorts in case there's a COVID outbreak or people have to quarantine. Those are guys that it can can jump right in. How it works with the cap in terms of emergency recalls, I have no idea. Uh, I would assume that everybody who comes in for a COVID situation is an emergency recall and can stay for uh, whatever it is, you know, prorated 10, it would have to be at least 10 to 14 days or at least seven days until people are cleared. Um, but that's for people with better math degrees than me who know, understand the what the new protocols are going to be. But I think with the taxi squad and with the makeup of the Islander team, it's very interesting because the AHL season will start uh, on February 5th, by all accounts. The Sound Tiger, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are one of three teams in their division who are going to be playing. It's Bridgeport. Hartford, which is the Rangers farm team, and Providence, which is the Bruins farm team, although they will not be playing in Providence. They'll be in Marlboro, Massachusetts. So basically, this New England division is going to play each other uh, 20 times each. So that's going to be the whole season, 40 games from what I understand. Um, 
but it's games, and that's good for uh, a lot of the young guys. And the Islanders have a ton of young guys uh, who are starting their pro careers, first or second year guys who need to be playing games and are clearly not ready to play NHL games. Guys like Blade Jenkins, who's not at this camp. Um, some uh, some other guys like Simon Holmstrom, who was just the World Juniors, who's going to be in camp when he finishes quarantine. Um, and Jacob Skarik, who's the fourth goalie in camp. Like these aren't guys that are going to that are really ready for the taxi squad, but the taxi squad could conceivably be Andrew Ladd, Leo Komarov, Tomasicki, essentially what they were what they were doing in the bubble in Toronto and Edmonton during the playoffs, not playing, separate from the other guys, at least for a little while, uh, but but skating. Um, and Corey Schneider will obviously be there because you need to have a goalie on your taxi squad. So it's an interesting situation where um, the AHL season is going to be very developmental heavy with a lot of young guys that you already have under contract. Uh, it's not going to be a place to kind of stash people. That's going to be the taxi squad situation. Or if you want people who have been playing, who are maybe moved up and ready, um, the transfer between the AHL and the taxi squad is going to be very complicated in terms of quarantining. But I'm sure that there's people working on that on the Islanders and every other team trying to figure that out. But as Barry Trott said, that the taxi squad situation is going to be one of the most challenging things for every organization to try to decide who goes where, who will be okay with not playing games for a long time. It's going to be tough on the psyches of a lot of veteran guys, uh, especially on this team, if they spend a lot of time on the taxi squad not playing. So, um, And I think you're going to see almost every team, because of the limited travel uh, with the regional divisions, um, they're going to really carry the minimum 20 guys or close to it, not just for cap reasons, but just for practical purposes. Now, when it comes to the cap... Uh, like I said, I've tried to write this out. Uh, my friend Dominic over at Cap Friendly is a great guy. If you ever, if you follow them on Twitter, you can always DM him. He answers every question. He knows what he's talking about, and he's explained it to me very well. So here's what happens with LTIR. Gen- uh, next week or so, a couple days before the season starts, the Islanders have to be cap compliant, presuming that they sign Matthew Barzell. They will be over the $81.5 million cap. That's when they need to use Johnny Boychuk's $6 million cap hit to go on to LTIR. And basically what it means is they will now have, at least for the moment, a cap hit of $6 million plus $81.5 million. The deal with LTIR is when you use it, you, have a, you basically set your new salary cap. So if the Islanders go over their salary cap by $3 million and then they use $6 million, they don't get that extra $3 million of space to play around with whenever they want. It's basically a snapshot. Right at the moment they put Johnny Boychuk on LTIR, you have to be using that cap space to be able to have what they call a higher adjusted salary cap. So basically, like I said, they go over by $3 million with all their signings, and they use their $6 million LTIR. So now their practical cap hit going forward is 78.5 million. It's basically the 81.5 minus the 3 million that they're using. So you want to keep that minus number as minuscule as possible. So when they put Johnny Boychuk on LTIR, it may benefit them to have Leo Komarov and Andrew Ladd on the roster because that gets them closer to the full $6 million that they need to use up. Once they do that, they can play around with it. They can send guys down and create more space. Uh, They could add somebody via trade as long as you're using that cap space throughout the year. And each day of the season goes by. If you have cap space, it gets bigger and bigger in terms of the size of the contract you can add because it's prorated throughout the season. I'm not a math teacher. I am doing a terrible job of explaining this, but it's the best I can do. Basically, what it all boils down to is 
the day that they put Johnny Boychuk on LTIR, you want to have the biggest possible cap space number without going over your new number because that new number is what you need to be able to use going forward. So uh, when the time comes, we'll try to go over it a little bit more. I'll try to write something else about it a little bit more. But really, we have to wait and see what Matthew Barzell's contract comes in at, because that's really the linchpin. And I think that's the reason why Lou hasn't announced any of these other deals. Uh, Technically, um, Martin and Green and Schneider are on tryouts. Tom Kunakl is also in camp, still rehabbing from his shoulder surgery from over the summer. But he is also on a tryout and may end up joining the the roster at some point. And lastly, let's get to our friend Josh Hosang. Uh, I had reported that he was not invited to this camp uh, last week. Obviously, that was true. He is not in camp. Um, Anthony Stewart, who uh, is a radio host, the former player, was a radio host for Sportsnet, uh, said on the air, I think within the last couple of days, that that Hosang is still in Toronto working out, Um, hasn't decided what he's going to do. I assume the Islanders will be inviting him to their AHL camp, which will begin in a couple of weeks. Whether he shows up or not is is another story. And Lou Lamorello basically said when they evaluated their forwards that they were bringing to camp, they thought he wasn't one of the top 22. A lot of people disagree with that. I figured when they qualified him that they would go with a clean slate and bring him in and give him a chance to make the team or make the taxi squad or at least show what he can do so maybe another team might pick him up. They didn't do that, which confounds me. Um, probably should have just let him go and not qualified him and let him try his luck anywhere else. He could have been playing in Europe all this time to really get himself back on a, on a good profile with the rest of the NHL. So it's still a very strange situation with, with Josh and the Islanders. And I think it comes down to Lou Lamorello, you know, he's pretty bloodless when it comes to these things. He doesn't, he's not trying to do anything malicious. He wants to have as many options as he can have in the strange season. Um, but again, qualifying him and then not bringing him to the main camp is, uh, is a curious move. And I think, uh, you know, it, it still seems like, I think we were we probably said this on the show 15 times in the last year. It doesn't seem like there's a future with Josh Hosing and the Islanders. Maybe there is still, uh, maybe he comes to AHL camp and, and puts on a great show and plays in the AHL for part of the season and gets a call up. Uh, however, that's going to work, but for right now, um, it, it's uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher. So we'll see where it takes us. Uh, we're in the middle of Islanders training camp. They've got a little bit more of a ways to go. And next week, uh, when we come back on the air, it'll be just about time to start the season. So maybe we'll know a little bit more of whether Matthew Barzell is an Islander still, uh, whether he signed, what are some other moves, uh, if they're going to make any to, to create some more cap space. Uh, maybe we'll find out that some of these other guys who already have contracts in lose drawer Uh, we'll find out what the numbers are. So thanks as always for listening. Glad to be back with you for another season. Just want to remind you that if you're a fan of the show, do do us a favor and subscribe. Uh, Leave a nice comment. Rate us on Apple. It's No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. We'll see you again next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.